Paul, it's a long time since I was last up here. Before we start, I would like, I know that the young people aren't going to be going off to their, uh, to their kids' church, so I'd like to give them a bit of a challenge while they're listening and doing other things. It's a simple challenge with both hands, okay? You've got ten digits. I've only got eight fingers, ten digits. I want you to practice touching your thumb to all of your fingers, then your pointer finger touch to all the other fingers, then your big finger touch to all of the other fingers, and keep going so that every finger is able to touch with every other finger. See if you can do it, and afterwards when we have our cup of tea, you can come and show me how well you can do it. All right? There are a lot of people who cannot do it. All right? Oh, yeah, of course you can go like that. Yeah. <laughs> so try it out while you're, of course, listening. Got two readings for you this morning. Ephesians chapter 1 and Romans chapter 8. So if you're following through on your own scriptures, that would be lovely. Ephesians chapter 1, reading verses 11 to 14. The Apostle Paul wrote this, In him, that is in Christ, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. That's basically saying that God is consistent. He doesn't lie, he doesn't cheat, he doesn't take shortcuts. What he says, he does. In order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Well, two passages that often people have to read a few times to try and understand and get it all together. But in these two passages we've read this morning, God has given to us 
an amazing truth and promise. My question to you is, did you hear it? Did you hear the truth and the promise that God has given? It relates to the promise of God through the Holy Spirit present with us. In Romans 8 verse 16 we read, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And in Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14, we read, You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Now, for those who may have been raised in an unhappy or even dysfunctional home, this promise of God is good news. It's good news. It's even great news. And for those who have been raised in a loving and supportive home, this promise of God is also very good news. Basically, it's good news for everyone who wants to listen and take hold of it. You see, there is no greater sense of purpose, of being of belonging and comfort than to know God as our loving Heavenly Father and His wonderful provision for us as our Heavenly Father. It's the work of God as He reveals Himself in the Holy Spirit in our lives that affirms this amazing truth. And the longer you go in the Christian life and the more that you prayerfully appropriate all that God has for you, the more this promise becomes a great and wonderful comfort. For those who have never experienced the reality of God in their lives or have never acknowledged his relevance, his true nature and worth, their image or picture of him is one so often of distance or separation. They see God as someone way out there, way beyond the clouds, way beyond the stars, and of no significance to them. They have an attitude of indifference or fear and vengeance. They think that God is someone in the, in the sky sitting on a big golden throne with a big white hairy beard and throwing bolts of lightning on people. That's the image of God. And how wrong they are. They have that image because that is so often their earthly experience of those in positions of power and authority. They see them as someone to be feared and avoided. Conversely, for those who have heard and responded to the gospel message of God's love, God's grace and mercy revealed in the person and sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, their experience is very different because God has entered into their life through the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I should have put that up earlier. Make no mistake... 
when God enters into a relationship with us, he does not overpower us or consume us like some despot or brutal conqueror. He gently and lovingly affirms that we are no longer alone or powerless to be tossed and pummeled by life's troubles and hardships. When we invite God to walk with us, his hand of love and care supports and comforts. As the Apostle Paul wrote, it is God's Holy Spirit who witnesses with our spirit, our sense of being, distinctiveness and individuality that we are now part of God's family. We are children of God, adopted by grace and mercy and love. But what does this mean to be a part of God's family? To be children of God. What does that mean? Simply, it means that God welcomes and embraces us as part of his divine family. That we are chosen. That we are adopted and now have a new family with all the privileges, all the joys, all the blessings and responsibilities of being part of his family. This is what Paul wrote in Romans 8, verses 16 to 17, when he called us joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Ephesians 1.11, when he declared that in him we now have a blessed inheritance. We're not left anymore to our own devices, to be tossed and torn and pummeled and threatened and pushed by the world with all its greed and avarice. In being the children of God, we now belong. We have a home that no one can take from us. As part of all this new life we now have, in being part of God's special family, God imparts to us the gift of his Holy Spirit. How good is this? Now, let's make one thing very clear. The Holy Spirit is not some kind of impersonal cosmic force a special weapon of power to be wielded at our behest or some magical potion to be consumed when we, we may have need. We leave this kind of imaginative thinking to the Marvel heroes. Have you seen any of the Marvel heroes? Do you like them? Yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? It's good fun. But that's not the Holy Spirit. The Marvel heroes is just part of the imagination of, of mankind to have power when they're feeling weak, to have authority when they are, well, bankrupt of any authority. 
That's our attempt to have significance. But God gives us significance through his Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one true God of heaven and earth personally revealing and connecting himself to us in a way that we can both understand and appreciate. As such, he is both gentle and respectful and seeks to guide, equip and comfort us as we choose to live our lives in ways that honour and glorify him. It's a wonderful relationship when you have invited the Holy Spirit into your life. For those who acknowledge and have received Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, God has set his seal upon their life. From the moment that you invited Jesus into your life, God set his seal on you. The seal is the Holy Spirit. And as such, the Holy Spirit is God's seal of both promise and security. And the moment anyone trusts in the Lord Jesus for their eternal salvation, they are given the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. They belong to God's family. The Holy Spirit is not an addendum to be added on later. God the Father, Jesus, our Lord, and the Holy Spirit are one. Three persons in one unity. And what this also means is that our body, the body of every true believer, becomes a place for God's dwelling. Which is just like saying that our earthly bodies have become a temple of the Holy Spirit. You only need to look at 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and that's exactly what Paul says. Conversely, as the Apostle Paul declared in Romans 8, 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of God, he is not his. To be sure, every one of us has a clear and simple choice as to the future meaning, purpose and direction of our life. You have control. The future direction of your life is up to you. It is your choice. You can either allow the world to continue to pummel you and manipulate you and push you around, or you can take authority in your life and ask God to come in and walk with you and be with you and help you to order your days. We either choose to walk in God's ways because of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus for us or we choose to go our own way and live with the outcome and the consequences of that choice. It's as simple as that. You either choose for God and he gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit 
or you choose your own way and you are subject to all of the forces of this world. And in a sense, you have little control. Life in the Holy Spirit is certainly a life filled with meaning, purpose, dignity, hope, and a clear direction and pathway, as opposed to the alternative, which is filled with purposelessness, uncertainty, insecurity, and aimless wanderings dictated by the whims and winds of human popularism at any given point of time. It's as simple as that. And it is as stark as that. God's way or the world's way. Life in the Lord Jesus is in stark contrast to the life the secular world offers because the Spirit of God now abides, now dwells in us. The Holy Spirit abides to teach and train us to be better, to know who God is and to live our lives in the ways of God, to enhance our natural abilities and to gift and empower us, to equip us for ministry and to reveal himself to others through the gifts, talents and abilities that he has chosen to give to give to us and as such the Holy Spirit does not remain hidden or dormant within us but as we pray as we study the word of God as we grow in our faith and courage he truly is our helper and our advocate he protects and encourages us and regularly affirms and guarantees our inheritance in the Lord Jesus, especially when we face times of opposition and ridicule. As we read earlier in Romans 8, 16 to 17, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. When the Apostle Paul wrote that our lives are sealed by the Holy Spirit, he used the imagery of the official mark that was placed on a letter, a contract or other important documents at that time. The seal was made in hot wax which was placed on the document and then impressed with a ring or engraved stamp. The document was then officially identified with and under the authority of the person to whom the ring or the stamp belonged. And if you want some references there, Daniel chapter 6 verse 17 and Matthew 27, 62 to 66. And this is the idea behind our lives being sealed under the authority 
and under the promise of God's Spirit, signifying God's purpose and promise to secure, just as the wax seal secured the letter, the document, so God's Holy Spirit secures our lives, authenticates our lives, and exercises divine authority in our lives. Truly, the Holy Spirit is God's seal in us. And when God gives us this undeserved gift of his Holy Spirit, it is as if he stamps us with a seal that reads, this person is an authentic citizen of my divine kingdom and a member of my divine family. Now that's pretty good. That's pretty good. When the followers of the Lord Jesus are sealed with the Holy Spirit, they are chosen. Chosen by God to proclaim, to teach, to minister, and defend God's word and his gospel with the Lord's own authority. When you gave your life to God, when His Holy Spirit sealed you for His purposes, it wasn't so you could just sit back and say, wow, this Christian life is great, isn't it? You have been raised up by God and sealed by God for holy purpose. To preach to teach, to minister, to defend God's word. And you have the Lord's authority to do that. Truly, this is amazing stuff. That God would count me, a miserable sinner such as I am, worthy of his abiding presence. This is an amazing spiritual blessing that we have been chosen, predestined, adopted, graced, redeemed, forgiven, given insight into God's perfect will and given an inheritance. He's not going to just use us and at the end spit us out. He's going to work through us and embrace us for all eternity in his kingdom. Brothers and sisters, make no mistake, this is a wonderful list of blessings that should instill in us truly grateful hearts. And having acknowledged all these wonderful truths in our relationship with the Lord God, we do live in a very uncertain world with all its periodic social, political, economic and environmental upheavals. The world is a very unsure and uncertain place. And it is the sum of these uncertainties that may cause some to take their eyes off the Lord 
and ponder the buts and what-ifs of life. What if I don't get that promotion? What if I lose my job? What if the biopsy shows that I have a serious cancer? What if there is an economic turndown or recession? Let's face it. Our uncertain world can be a very stressful place that can cause so much anxiety. But we have an almighty God who has given us promises, assurances and blessings with no what-ifs at all. He has given us his promise that we belong to him and that he abides in us. The Apostle Paul explains in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, exactly why we can have confidence in God and in his Holy Spirit without any hesitations or doubts whatsoever. From the moment we believed and declared our faith and trust in God, He sealed us with his Holy Spirit. That stamp, that seal that secures us for all eternity. Having believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's the word of God. And when God puts in us the seal of his Holy Spirit, it is a sign to us of his pledge, his promise of our future inheritance in Christ. Ephesians 1.11 In the seal of his Holy Spirit, God has given to us assurance, guarantee, security, and safety in his love and power. And this is not something subject to the mere human feelings or sensual experience, but guaranteed by God himself. And he can always be trusted. You know, you can do a test yourself. Can I trust God? Well, read the Bible and you tell me if there is anywhere in the Bible where God lied. If you can find one lie, I've done that exercise. I could not find in the whole of the Bible where God lied even once. And I figured, well, if God does not tell any lies, then I shouldn't either. And it doesn't matter whether the lie is a white lie, a yellow lie, a pink one with purple dots, a green one. It doesn't matter if it had stripes or, um, or a paisley. A lie is a lie is a lie. God does not lie. He does not want us to lie. Brothers and sister, sisters, when God seals us with his Holy Spirit, He is saying, 
my great desire for those who believe in me is that you feel secure in my love. I have chosen you before the foundation of the world. I have predestined you to be my children forever. I have redeemed you by the shed blood of Jesus. And I have put my spirit in you as a guarantee. God has done all this to make us feel secure in his love and power when we trust him, even through the tough times. Let's face it, what mother or father would not work very hard to ensure the safety, security, well-being and continuous happiness of their child or children? How much more has God promised this and more to us? The big difference is that as mothers and fathers, we cannot always be present when our children stumble or make a wrong decision. Through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, we are never, never away from the continuing love and guidance of God's Holy Spirit. Through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit of God, we are only ever a prayer away from the wise counsel and direction of God that will give all our days confidence and assurance. Brothers and sisters, are you walking today in the confidence and the assurance that only God can give? Or are you feeling uncertain? You've been living your own way, making your own decisions according to your own sense of wisdom, but it hasn't worked. Maybe you need to give God a place in your life once again. You've heard the call many times, but maybe today is the day that he wants to come and be your Lord and Saviour. May the words of Ephesians 8 and Ephes- sorry Romans 8 and Ephesians 1 always be a source of encouragement and blessing to you as you step forward day by day in the strength of God's abiding Holy Spirit. Let's pray.